Demons Discuss, TV Show Review, Season 3, Episode 4. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie. With me is Angela and Jean. Hello. 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 What are we talking about today, Angela? Episode four of A Discovery of Witches. We have the three proverbial witches around the cauldron in London doing a little work. Mm. We have a little happenings in New Orleans. We have a lot of magic and we have a little bit of, I shouldn't say a little bit, a lot of cracktastic Peter Knox as well. (laughs) (laughs) He was the highlight for me. Oh my God. I'm like, look how far he's fallen. So fast. I I mean, I swear it was like one episode, like he's so polished and put together and right. (laughs) Someone grabbed that thread and pulled. Yeah. Oh it's like skid roll much, dude. Oh <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It's time for a Matthew drum roll, and we are going to thank our random patron sponsor today. And she is Dora Flores Ryan. Thank you, Dora. Yes, thank you, Dora. And now our disclaimer. Because I plan to make it through this whole run without forgetting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In this episode, we're going to attempt to only focus what's on screen. Attempt, because we fuck up all the time. But we're still attempting. The fact that we're trying should mean something, right? Anyway, we are not going to talk about book spoilers. We're not going to talk about future episodes. We're not even going to touch the trailers ahead. You know, at the end of the episode, they're like, oh, in the next episode, we're not even going to touch those until we're in the spoiler zone. Now, what the spoiler zone is, Angela, tell them what the spoiler zone is and is not because you're really good about that. Uh, The spoiler zone is talking about the stories a whole. So all three books, including the end of the Book of Life. But we are not going to talk about future episodes of the TV show. Right. And when we're about to enter the spoiler zone, we were sound on alarm. Jean's going to kiss you off. Bye. Get out. Get the fuck out of here. You don't need to hear this. <laughs> or enter at your own risk. Or enter Which at your own risk. Which people have done. <laughs> yes. yes. Definitely. I love that. <laughs> we told you so. And if you don't care about spoilers, you're welcome. Just come on over. And if you do care about spoilers, okay, there's an alarm. We warned you. You can always come back at a later time. And if you keep going, that's your fault, not ours. Anyway, <laughs> that's that. And now let's talk about Patreon. This episode is sponsored by our Patreon patrons. What they do is provide us money as little as $2 a month to help us with the production costs of this podcast. We don't get this money. No, we reinvest it into the podcast. Things like web storage, hosting, you know, that costs money, licenses, Dropbox. Oh my God, that's pricey too. A lot of it is pricey. Our equipment, our apps that we use to record these episodes and edit these episodes. And we'd like to be able to afford an editor at one point so your editor could get some sleep sometimes. (laughs) But (laughs) I mean, that's a ways away. That's a ways away. But we do have goals. So, Gene, why would someone want to become a patron? What's in it for them? At any level, you'll have access to our after show on our typically off weeks 
we'll be having a hiatus here, but you will continue to get the after show every other week if you're a patron. As you move up the levels, you will get all kinds of fun and different swag, including stickers, buttons, tote bags, maybe even t-shirts this year. Who knows what Valerie will come up with? Yeah, I gotta come up with that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Starting button. <laughs> And also, every quarter, we have what we call Demon Lay, where everyone's name is put in the big old random gonculator, and a number is pulled out. We have a gonculator? Yes, we do. It's at Angela's oh in the basement. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> and we always send out a very generous prize pack. We haven't come upon a theme for this year yet, but last year we did the divination pack, complete mm. with our mini eight ball, blame it on Jerry sticker and a bunch of other fun stuff. Yeah, a t-shirt. The last time we sent out a, uh, who was it that got it? Jacqueline. Yeah, she got the um, Grievance Journal because it was Christmas. Yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I have to put an asterisk on roulette because for any new patrons, that is how we pronounce roulette. But our French is abysmal, so <laughs> it's the demon pronunciation. We say roulette instead of roulette. Oh, God. Now I have to definitely play the French music in the background <laughs> of this Patreon spot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for deciding that, Angela. It's our It'll trademark it error. I like it. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's beautiful. So if you guys are interested, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Okay. Are we ready to start the wagon, Let's everybody? Yes, ma'am. All right. Opening scene. We are with Diana who's weaving spells while sitting on a bed. She's got all kinds of books in front of her. She's got pregnancy guides and magical books. And we see her weaving knots one at a time. And we're not quite sure what she's doing, but I mean, it's pretty. It's good to look at. <laughs> How she knows what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's practice of her not weaving from season right. two. She's practicing. So she does one final spell, and she takes a breath, and then she heads downstairs. She runs into Galaglass and whoops, walks by him, and Galaglass is acting like a lovesick, awkward teen. Oh, my God. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. He's like, whoops, sorry. Oh, I love her. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Fernando hands her some tea, and then she moves on. She walks into another room, and Phoebe and Sarah looking grossed in whatever they're studying. It turns out they're looking for TJ Weston. Phoebe finds Finds a TJ Weston and let's listen in. Morning. Morning. Whoever you are, TJ Weston, you are really starting to piss me off. I can't understand how someone can just disappear off the grid. Maybe he doesn't want to be found. Well, we know there is a TJ Weston who was quite the prolific composer during the early 90s. What happened to him? No one knows. So he just vanished into thin air. Just as well, we have another 304 to sift through. Needle in a haystack. Which is why I've been working on a locator spell. A locator spell needs a witch for each element. We have to find a coven. Exactly. Uh, well, hang on. Surely the last thing you want to do is draw attention to yourselves. Won't Peter Knox hear about it if you do? Well, we are running out of options, Phoebe. Yes, but any witch in their right mind will have gone to ground. We'll find them. Find who? Diana needs the help of a coven. It's too dangerous. Yeah, the glass is right. Knox is already lurking in the shadows. 
He can lurk all he wants. I've come too far to give up now. What did you guys think of all of this? I mean, the Galaglass thing, the search for TJ Weston, and Sarah getting pissed off. She's like, the fucking needle in the haystack. <laughs> you know, she's looking, and Diana says, hey, I'm gonna, I'm figuring out a location spell, you know. Mm. They crammed an awful lot into a very economical scene because they kind of tied in three different themes and got it all out on the table very quickly, which is good right. considering we are so short on time. Yeah. I like that Sarah was just like, ugh, whatever. And then as soon as Diana says, Hey, I'm working on a location spell. And then Sarah piped up. She's like, Oh, we need a coven. Let's go. Let's go. Like, yeah. Which I like, especially in this episode that she's, they're putting her to use. Yeah. And, so, and they're not treating her like a, well, Diana kind of does sometimes, but I think that's more the you're not the boss of me thing rather than anything else. But nobody else is treating her like a shady hedge witch. True. So the opening theme music starts and the locator spell, we are, we conclude, needs a coven. New scene, Fernando's, uh, after he witnesses that little scene in the doorway, Fernando's like, no good can come of this. You know, Galglass is a sad sack. Mm-hmm. You can see in his face, whatever. And we switch scenes. We're in New Orleans, and Matthew is contemplating his fate via flashback. Oh, God. Oh, it was like the hot mess hot reel. I know! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like... Oh, man, man. Can you quit brooding for like two seconds? But okay. And I just okay. loved how we cut immediately to Miriam being pissed off because he won't pick up his phone. Oh, that's so rude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. In South Kensington, where the lab is now, Miriam's trying to reach Matthew. It's Miriam's version of answer your fucking emails, yeah. you know? <laughs> I have to say, I love that black and white blouse a lot. She looks really good. I like it. I don't love the vest over it. Not bad. Oh. I don't like, no, the first striped one where she was just wearing that oh. really bold striped. Right. Yeah. The second one, I know what you're talking about. The sle- it's sleeveless vest was the very, Colonel Sanders look is what I very <laughs> dowdy on her. Yeah, yeah we'll exactly. So Chris is there and he presents the news that blood rage actually stems from human DNA reacting during the change to becoming a vampire. Human DNA has a trigger blood rage needs. So, hey, it's not the fact that you're a vampire that did it. It's what you had in your DNA when you were a human. Oh, I wonder what that is. Anyway, Hmm. shut up. There's something in human (laughs) blood that can withstand the mutation that the vampire genes are trying to achieve. Yes. Okay, so now Diana's in London and Gal Glass and Sarah are behind her. She's looking for a coven. She's trying to sense them. And eventually she rewinds time back and it turns into old London. I love that. Old, like O L D E. Ye old. Ye old. Well, I just, lo- the one thing I did love is when Sarah looks at Gal Glass and goes, well, Why can't you help her with this? He's like, I haven't been here in 400 years. Yeah. She was here last yeah. week. She, she was here a minute ago, so oh. she's good. Okay, so a witch pops out of a building and says, Welcome, Diana Bishop. We've been expecting you. Hmm. Let's listen. So this is where the street pattern is different to the 16th century. We're not far from where Goody Alslop used to live. I just, I just need to reorientate myself. If there are witches still around here, I should be able to sense their power. Can't you help her? Diana was here just a few months ago. I haven't been here for over 400 years. 
streets of old with remembered paths. Rewind the time to show the past. Welcome home, Diana Bishop. We've been expecting you. You need to come with me. These foundations are built upon centuries of our history. And Goodall Allsop's legacy is as powerful now as it's always been. How many members do you have? Three dozen. Life can be lonely for a witch without a community. So, um, what is it you need our help with? I'm assuming this isn't a social visit. I'm trying to piece back together the pages of an ancient manuscript. Academics know it as Ashmole 782, while creatures, they refer to it as the Book of Life. We believe it contains the first spells ever cast. We've already found two of its missing pages. And what'd you guys think of that when they're walking into this little area? I mean, Sarah just hits the shelves like it was like a sale at oh, Bath man. and Body Works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I was trying to orient myself and trying to figure out if uh, I think they were alluding to Father Hubbard's old Greyfriars lair when huh. they were going through the tunnels to get to their workroom. Yeah, I found it weird that they didn't specify that mm-hmm. because I don't know, maybe since they had already established uh, Father Hubbard in an office downtown. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to like confuse the situation. <laughs> I'm still laughing about that office. I, I mean, this is how we do things now in an office. Welcome to my flock. That's <laughs> no. a mobile ministry. Yeah. <laughs> Cubicles and all. All right. New scene. Venice. Satu is walking into a pretty swank party. Partying with Bad Daddy. Uh-huh. It turns out Gerbera is hosting this party and he greets her. And Satu seems pretty bitter. She's like, you think that prophecy is about Diana? And Gerbera's She's like, really pushing that narrative on everybody. I know. Oh, man. He's so funny. Anybody who listens. <laughs> yeah. And Gerbera's like, damn, girl, it must be exhausting being you. Chill out. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> he was rolling his eyes at her so hard. I thought they were going to get stuck. I mean, he was totally in his element in the scene. And what was so yes. funny is that all I could think of was that this may be one of the scenes Trevor was so excited about. He's just like, oh, come sip a cup of wine, calm down. (laughs) It it was weird. And Satu is practically shouting from the rooftops. I'm a fucking weaver. Take me seriously. And then I find it interesting that everybody must know this and everybody's kind of blowing her off. I mean, so much for secrets. Fuck it. Well, they're basically like, you're right. Everybody does think it's Diana still. (laughs) (laughs) And you shout about it is not going to make us think it's you. Right. So we pan in behind her and there's Benjamin and Domenico having a polite conversation, I guess. I wouldn't say it's amicable or anything no. like that. They have a little chat and then Benjamin goes on to approach Satu. He's offering his proposal again and Satu just floods out information. She's like, oh, dude, she's powerful, but she doesn't know how to use her powers. And But I do, though. How about that? You know, me. <laughs> 
<laughs> pay attention to me. And I'm like, me. still weird. This has taken a weird turn for me. Yeah. And I, I thought it was more than like a collaboration proposal. I'm like, are they, is this sexual tension here? <laughs> I mean, I, I are they taking the story in another direction than I'm expecting? I, I don't know. know if it's purposeful, but God, there is a ton of it between those two. Even when they put him in short sleeves to try and like tamp down the sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Satu's like, I'm a weaver, damn it. Hello, someone pay attention to me. And I'm just like, okay. Satu's taking a weird turn for me. It's a Scorpio like, thing, though. I Maybe. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm just as good as she is. Right, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's like, no one said you weren't as good as Diana, but we're focusing on her. Cause... Well, Knox did. <laughs> yeah, he did. So she's got that baggage. New scene, new scene, everybody. Back to the coven. They're ready to perform this locator spell with assault. And yeah, Gal Glass is there once again. He's just kind of observing. That was a great CGI I mean, effect. Yeah. I thought so. Mm-hmm. It made more sense. I mean, we, before the season was released, we saw Gallo Glass kind of lurking in the background. And now it makes right. more sense, but it's just still strange. Like he's got it. He's actually in the shot. Yeah. <laughs> so they're using salt in this spell to find TJ Weston. And we see the salt arrange itself, kind of morph into a house, you know, a map and then a town and then a house, a specific estate, I guess what you would call this thing. And they're watching it happen. And then next thing you know, Diana's got coordinates in her hands. She found him. They've got TJ Weston. Now a new scene in New Orleans and Matthew's on the porch with Geraldine, Marcus, and Jack is helping make cradles. And they're having a nice little conversation here. And I guess Ransom is getting to know his grandpa. He's saying, Mm -hmm. hey, I didn't know you were a carpenter, whatever. But Miriam arrives and she's on fire, man. Oh, (laughs) man. Who's a party pooper today? (laughs) She arrives, passes everyone and says, we need to talk. Pleasantries will have to wait. She just walks inside and Marcus Oh, yeah. like, and that's Miriam. <laughs> you know, so I thought that was cool. So inside the house, let's listen to that conversation. Well, Miriam, what brings you here? I was worried about you, Matthew. You haven't answered a single one of my calls, texts, or emails in weeks. Look, I apologize. I have been somewhat preoccupied with the Scion and earning their trust. Well, the new samples you sent us, we analyzed them. They support Chris's theory. Which is? Blood rage is a developmental anomaly. There's a genetic component for sure, but the blood rage gene itself appears to be activated by something in the human non-coding DNA. So I've already possessed the trigger that the blood rage gene needed to express itself. We believe it manifested when Isabeau sired you. There might never be a cure. Not for you, not for Jack, not for the twins, if they need one. We've been looking in the wrong place this entire time. The answer doesn't lie with vampires. Our human genes hold the key. Basically, she relays that human DNA was essentially the container for the trigger for blood rage. And we knew that from the conversation for Chris, Mm -hmm. but now she's relaying it to 
Matthew. The science dunce that I am, and it was no lack of effort on Dr. Shelley and the myriad of people before her that tried to explain this to me. And all of a sudden, when Chris explained it and Miriam explained, like, I get it. (laughs) I get I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now we're in in the Cotswolds, I think it was. The Tesla is on the move. Sarah, Diana, and Gal Glass approach the house. Diana gives Sarah a protection spell, just in case. And why do you think she gave her, uh, like, I was like, why would she give her a protection spell? And Diana kind of explains, like, we don't know who's in there. Vampires aside, we need to learn to take it. I guess maybe that's because Galaglass was in there as their protector. And Diana's like, here, Sarah, here's a protection spell just in case Galaglass plucks this up for us. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. And I was like, I don't want to think that of Galaglass. Well, even if he doesn't, she's still vulnerable. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. So Galglass is ready to break in, but Diana finds an open door and we find a very scared demon inside. And the house is in a state. It's very scattered, very, I wouldn't say disgusting. I would just say um, cluttered, mm-hmm. extremely cluttered. TJ is kind of that disordered demon we've all heard about, but have not seen yet in this series, I think. And then he goes on to say that the page is basically his way to feel close to his family because it's made from the skin of his ancestor. Mm. And Diana's trying not to spook this guy out. So she's like, yeah, we'll show ourselves out, you know. Mm." And (laughs) Sarah's like, what are you fucking doing? (laughs) Uh, I thought she was going to, her head was going to explode. Yeah. And Diana's walking away when Galaglass says, hey, you want me to get the page? And Diana's like, no. We won't force him. We aren't the congregation. And then Galgas is like, but I, okay, I hope you think of me better than that. I'm like, oh no, here it comes. Here it fucking comes. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, is this the moment? Is it here? And yes, it was. The confession spills out. And at the end, Diana's like, okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. Th- <laughs> thanks for telling me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <Pan>. bye. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Yeah, that was nice. Thanks. (laughs) Okay. Can I just say, I feel like, and this is not a spoiler, I feel like Diana handled this better Mm -hmm. than she did in the book. Let's talk about it in the spoiler zone, but yes, I agree. Yeah, yes. yeah, okay. And I, and I will say that Stephen Cree delivered that line about costing a piece of his soul perfectly. All right, back in New Orleans. Miriam and Matthew are on the porch, and Miriam is basically telling him about himself. You can't beat yourself up. You have a scion to run. Unfuck your shit, dude, basically. And she gave, like, the best don't borrow trouble speech I've heard in a long time. Yeah. You need to be home for the birth, and then... Basically, suck it up, Buttercup. And Matthew calls Baldwin after and says, we need to meet. Yeah. Mm. And Miriam needs to lose that vest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Along with that apron that Sarah keeps wearing. She looks like housekeeping. The Tesla is on the move again. Diana's paying a visit to Agatha. Yay. Yeah. Did you notice they finally gave us the clue that she's a fashion designer? She had a swatch page in her hand. A sketch. I was so happy (laughs) about that. And we get to see Agatha's house for a change. That's really cool. I like that. She needs her help with something. Now we're in downtown London and the coven leader is cleaning up after that location spell. Is it just me or did it look, did she look like somebody cleaning up after an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, a little bit. And then enter crazy Peter. Oh, oh my, my God. God, he looked a mess here. You know the rules. First one in has to help set up the chairs. 
I can feel her magic. Where is she? You must be Peter Knox. Diana warned me you might come here. She left hours ago. Where did she go? You should know. I'm under Father Hubbard's protection. You think that means anything? Hubbard's a charlatan. Says the man who was expelled from the congregation for killing a fellow witch. You don't want to test me now. I heard you'd been skulking around the city, behaving as if your name still means something. Like, I can feel Diana's magic. Where is creepy, she? Creepy, yeah. Oh, my oh God. My Super God. creepy. And the witch is like, you must be Peter Knox. Diana warned me. And what did you guys think of the scene? I guess he found his petrosphere after Satu launched it. Yeah. Because. It's like Thor's hammer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he got set off when she says, you have been skulking around the city behaving as if your name like still means important. something. And that was the hot button. That's She has a truth right there mm-hmm. because he launches her out of the room, shuts the door, and then he uses the petrosphere to look at the oh, last God. spell. When he started laying all over the table, it was like, oh, this is gross. I know. It was, it's like being weird about it. Was like it was like icky and it's like the guy pawing through the, the robber pawing through the underwear drawer. It's just yeah. ick. So much ick. So basically he's asking the petrosphere to tell him where is she. And of course the last spell came up and the image of the estate, TJ Weston's estate came up. So, hmm. okay. So back at TJ Weston's house, Diana has brought Agatha with her this Yay! time because, you know, Sarah, she's a little bit rough around the edge. It's hard to take. <laughs> <laughs> Agatha, she is a demon and she yes. is very comforting. Agatha says demons matter too. And mm-hmm. I'm helping this witch the same reason why you you should be helping her. And he's like, oh, all right. I mean, we talked about this last episode. It's like everybody gives up so easily. He's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here I mean, uh, not as easily because they had to visit before. Yes, yeah, so true. This is better. Well, but the other thing is too, is Agatha was probably a bazillion times more empathetic to Timothy than either Sarah, Sarah or Diana or, could yeah. be. Yeah. Diana, she's she's very transactional as the mm-hmm. way she's written in this show. Yeah. Because it's like you said before with Gallaglas, she was very K thanks bye. Right. Yeah. Not saying she wasn't kind. She was very kind to him and she saw he was like in a frenzy and she's like, all right, yeah. <laughs> we're going to leave now. Yeah. Calm down. I mean, in the All Souls demon. universe, demons are definitely always the other. So you need a, yeah. a demon, especially an Agatha. Yeah. Um, to come work her magic, so to speak. And we needed to see Timothy because mm-hmm. all throughout the series, we have not seen how 
being a demon can go wrong. We've seen how be a weaver could go wrong. We could see how blood rage could go ra- wrong. What can go wrong with vampires? But we didn't see how being a demon can go wrong. So you didn't, th- you didn't think we got that with Kit? Mm, we got a taste of it, but the fact that he was lovesick also aided yeah. in that. And he right, was also right, high right. functioning too, I would have to say. Yeah. I don't think it's clear to TV viewers. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong that what demons are still, even yeah. with Kit. I mean, you see a Hamish who is a good example. But he could just be a brilliant human for all you know. Yep. Right. And then Miriam says, you know, with the deterioration, demons are falling into madness. And, you know, it's like, okay. I honestly think they're the closest to humans as far as Mm -hmm. their functionality. And maybe that's why the witches and the vampires kind of push them aside. They're like advanced humans. So mm, no big deal. And they don't look at themselves as advanced humans, maybe. I just think it's hard to pinpoint for TV viewers, especially with Miriam saying, you know, vampires can't sire and witches aren't as powerful and demons are falling into madness. So then my logical conclusion would be like, well, then a lot of, and this is wrong, a lot of mentally ill people are probably demons. You can't make that leap. And it should have been something different happening to their deterioration. And that's perfect. Um, But I guess they attempted that by showing... Agatha and Hamish, mm-hmm. who are perfectly fine. Nathaniel. Sophie's a little scattered, but she's still fine. And we know humans like that. And then if we think about that, we're like, well, maybe they're demons, you know? Right. So yes. I definitely see your point. I'm just defensive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, okay. So Timothy is convinced. He gets the page and Agatha tells him, look, dude, you have me in a whole community. Oh, this part was so good. No. Oh, the part where she, she said, I don't think I'm ready. And she's like, like, we'll go at your pace. I just, oh, they gave me chills. Yeah. Was so good. So yeah. good. We'll meet you where you are. Mama Demon. Mama that's Demon. perfect. Oh, Agatha. <laughs> oh. So they walk out of there and Diana is telling Agatha that they need a revolution. You know, they have to get rid of the covenant. And the babies kick into action right then. Of course. She's gone into labor. (laughs) We only have three episodes left. They have to. They have to, right? And thankfully, Agatha's with her, you know, and Agatha is just a very calming presence. So you're lucky, Diana. I'm just saying. Okay. Baldwin and Matthew meet and Baldwin digs his heels in. What did you guys think about this? Were they in New Orleans, first of all? No, I think they yeah, were already they had back. To yeah. I thought they were already back because they were driving no, the Bentley. They, got, they were in the Bentley. He didn't come back until Diana, they called him and said Diana's in labor. So this is prior to that. Wait, I did think, though, that Matthew was in the UK when they called and said Diana's in labor. Hurry back! And I thought, well, that's not going to take him too long to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought they were in the UK because they were all in the Bentley. It was like they were okay. on their way back, yeah. anyways. And all right, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the Bentley. They didn't oh, make no. it clear. I had no idea. They were just in the woods meeting. I'm like, where? where <laughs> what the hell is this? But you know yeah. what? It did remind me of uh, Philippe and Matthew's goodbye in season two. Not, yeah. not, not the scene didn't remind the goodbye. The, the landscape reminded me of the yes. goodbye. It could have been the same place for True. all we know. Yeah. So what did you guys think about Baldwin digging his heels in well, right here? The one thing that caught me about Baldwin favorably yeah. is yeah. when he asked how Philippe was and yeah. Matthew said, as you'd expect, there was just mm-hmm. like this fleeting moment of sadness that crossed his face that was i just thought was perfect yeah it's almost like he wish he would have been there you know to see well, that just you could see he missed his father which was yeah yeah it, that for sure but then i also felt like 
he's actually acknowledging that they went back in time, that they saw Philippe, that Philippe gave his blessing. You know, yes. he, but still there right. was something in him that's like, I just can't accept it or I can't support you. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what he knows. Well, like- well, the other thing is, too, is maybe he thinks his responsibility as the head of the family is to keep saving Matthew from what he thinks are Matthew's worst impulses, which is also his reactionary impulsivity, which is how he looks at let's form a scion. Yes. Right. He probably doesn't think he thought this through. Exactly. Right? Thank you. Right. Okay. So next scene, Diana, they finally get her to the London house. She's escorted in. She's an active labor. Fernando calls Matthew. Get to getting dude, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And then later that evening, Matthew arrives. <laughs> now we go through the labor montage. Galaglass and Fernando listen to Rebecca being born downstairs. And now both babies are here. The household is popping champagne and Galaglass quietly leaves. All sad, but he leaves while... With the Cindy Lauper soundtrack. Well, what was it? Uh, Where's My Mind was playing. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. It was Pixies because I was thinking... Well, it, they went right from all through the night as the babies were being born. And then he was kind of like, eh, I don't know. And then hopping on his motorcycle. And then we switched to the Pixies. Yeah. Where's my mind? And then it gets and where worse. where is your mind, Gal Glass? Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> In the end, Agatha shows up to check on Timothy. That was the friend she said she had to go meet, if you remember. Like, she's like, hey, yes. Miriam, give me a call. Yeah. Um, he's been attacked, and we assume by Peter. Mm-hmm. Fucking asshole. Anyway, Agatha is with him as he passes, and that is the end. Oh. So. Oh, oh let it out, Gene. Yeah, let it this out. made me so mad. They give us Timothy just to fridge him. Oh. I know. Oh, my God. I know. And it pisses me off that Peter did it. I mean, and the choice of the song. I think the choice of the song was really more for Timothy because basically Peter killed him with his magic trying to probably pull the champier would be my guess. Right. Kind of similar to what he did to Emily, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Poor Timothy couldn't fight him. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, and Emily was protecting the page and so was Timothy. Oh, my God. Peter has lost it. Yeah. And and right here we've got the 10th knot. Creation and destruction. Oof. Yeah, I, I mean, this was a good episode. Mm-hmm. It was a necessary episode. It was funny watching Peter lose it, but this took a dark turn. Yeah, it took a really <laughs> and, dark turn. And which he's we can so talk good. About in the spoiler zone a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Owen Teal is underrated. I mean, we just oh. say how creepy and gross and craptastic yeah. <laughs> he is, but that's to his credit. You know? I know. <laughs> I know, because, you know, if you remember season one, he was all put together. Yeah. He had his shit together. Mm-hmm. But that spot in the congregation, we didn't know how much that was holding him together mentally. He needed right. that. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Anything else before we hit the spoiler zone? No, not really. I would have to say just one more thing on this episode. I really uh-huh. have to say it really focused in on friends where last episode it was very much about fathers and sons yeah. because we've got Matthew and Miriam, his oldest friend, kind of pulling him back from the edge. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Diana and her new friend yeah. working together to help Timothy. Yeah. And then you've got the bad idea friends over at... <laughs> Sherbert's party. party <laughs> God knows what. And Domenico maybe actually having a glimmer of, holy shit, maybe I don't want to get involved with these people. Yeah. You know, holy I'm shit. Gonna I might to need my to mom be and feet. stay away from bad friends. I mean, <laughs> oh, 
my God. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I do have a couple things for the spoiler zone, but overall, this episode was necessary. I wouldn't call it my favorite episode, but no. we got a lot of information we needed, and I like that they included a few things. And it was necessary. It was definitely a bridge episode, which we yeah. need. Yes. So for sure, the twins. This is stupid demon observance. The twins were played by two unrelated baby girls, both named Olivia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hilarious! There's some trivia. <laughs> before we enter the spoiler zone. <laughs> Super fun trivia, no less. All right, everybody, we're going to enter the spoiler zone. Here's the alarm. And Jean's going to issue you a demon kiss. Bye-bye till next time. Bye. And hey, we'll talk to you next week. No big deal. You're not missing much. Just spoilers. So those of you who might want to enter the spoiler zone, uh, you're welcome to it. <laughs> and book readers, definitely you're going to want to stay behind and listen to us spew about the differences mm-hmm. between the book and the TV show and anybody else. Whatever. But you've been warned. You had the alarm. So don't blame us. Okay. <laughs> stay past this break and we will be back in the spoiler zone. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form and bam, you're a discusser and the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com and if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post and you can read interviews geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe read about the characters keep that geek flag flying guys do you like what we do help us fund what we do go to patreon.com slant demons discuss make sure you follow us on social media we are on twitter facebook and instagram all at demons discuss If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep Angela alive. I'll quickly go since I was on the credits. Um, Okay. I don't think the TV viewer would have picked up and I didn't pick up until I saw the credits that the witch that they did the work the spells with in London was indeed Linda Crosby. And you wouldn't know though that she was a relative. Like in the book, it's a parent day and it's like, oh, she looks so much familiar like a witch I knew in 1591 mm-hmm. or right. a witch Marjorie Cooper. And I, I mean, I wouldn't expect them to spell that out. That was irrelevant. But I just yes. thought it, I'm glad that they at least brought Linda Crosby into the present. Which one was did, yeah. did they have the third one? Tamsin? Uh... They had that white haired witch in the background. I think she called it Tamsin. I thought and the there was black the... girl was supposed to. I don't know. I thought the black gal was the one who played Catherine Streeter, the fire right. witch last That's, season. Yeah. It's not the same girl, though. I, I went and looked. It's not the oh, same it's not? girl. Okay. No. And they also had a, a guy there. Michael. Michael. And what was he? Was Michael he a fire witch? 
<laughs> so was he yeah. part of father's flock <laughs> yeah could be could be and then you know i love that sarah just hit the shelves running once she yeah. saw all the familiar like, things God, she's it was like, like supermarket sweeps I know. she's like i'm gonna need this i'm gonna need this i'm gonna need this finally she's given something to do yes. and i was happy to see that so um i think they held well to the books with that mm-hmm. location spell oh mm-hmm. the time clock was great yes Mm-hmm. I'm really glad they included that. And in the book, Isabel was part of that spell cast, too. So I think they're like, yeah, we don't want to involve Isabel. We don't want to get too confusing here. Yeah. yeah, they kept it streamlined. You know, so Isabel didn't get involved in Emily's funeral because, you know, she wanted yeah. to be respectful. And, and in the books, no, that's not true. And she's uh, not giving away anything anywhere, but she's got plenty to do, Isabel. So yeah, yep. she's got jobs. She's got her part to play, too. Yeah, definitely. Anything else? Oh, Gene, you oh, have anything? Mm, the, Timothy, I'm so glad we got him. Yeah. Yes. And I will say that the darkness in fear with him, it, it's very, very powerful storytelling. Yeah. Really work. I mean, it actually really works in the overall arc of the season much yes. better than if we stuck with book Timothy and his dachshunds because it would have struck out like a snor- sore thumb. Yeah. I like that he played piano. I know. <laughs> and he was regaling us with his tail and then all of a sudden he went off the rails and was just like and they're talking about me. It was so <laughs> well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. But there was a little dog. I like how there was still a little dog statue in the front garden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. I did too. That's cute. I like how Sarah, they kept Sarah to characters like Diana. Jesus, the page is right fucking here. Right. Yeah. Diana's like, no, no, I'm going mm-hmm. get some backup because you're sucking at this. And the other thing <laughs> I, I, I did love too was when mm-hmm. Miriam gave him the guilt and regret talk. Yeah. Aisha did such a good job. It's like, you could tell, it's like, oh, here we go again. I'm right? giving a speech for the 10,000th time. <laughs> it's like, look, dude. Yeah. We know, all of us know, you beat yourself up for a living. We know it, but pull your head out because you got babies coming. Yeah. You have a sign. You supposedly want to run. What are you doing? I mean, she, <laughs> she told us non-verbally just the way she acted that scene that they had been friends for a thousand years. Yes. yes. Yeah. And yeah. she's still sick of his shit. to their credit they really came into their characters in season two and so season three is like effortless you could like you said she gives that she comes off like she's known matthew for millennia yes yeah and she's not cowed by him at all she she's not cowed by anybody honestly (laughs) like just fucking pull your head out of your ass fucking buck up buttercup and yeah let's do this shit Well, and what's so funny is every time uh, i watch aisha i keep thinking yes there are young actors and actresses who could have had the gravitas to play isabeau young yeah i mean granted she's not blonde and french but she certainly has the gravitas to do it Mm -hmm. definitely true because she certainly sounds like matthew's mother half the time when she's smacking him off the head (laughs) (laughs) That's true. She'd make a great mama. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a spoiler zone. I think if they were ever to do the thing where Phoebe actually turns into a fucking vampire, no better actress to do it than her. No, to be her mama. For, for real. All right. So the thing I had was, of course, I'm going to bring up the gal glass thing. And I feel like it was handled so much better in the TV show than it was in the books. Because in the books, I just felt like Diana was just 
comforting him and this, that, and the other thing. And, oh, that's so unfair. I'm like, Diana, why are you giving this kid more ammunition to like, oh, I'm losing you. You're so nice and kind. and No, cut that shit off. Fucking end it. Clamp that shit off so he can go. I don't don't know if there's a difference, but I felt like in the book, it was like such a confession, like heavy. And in the show, I Mm -hmm. felt like it was just like an admission. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit. It's like, oh, I don't want you to think of me that way. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that you think of me that way because I've watched you and blah, blah, blah. He didn't come out and say he had a crush on her or a love thing for her, but he kind of explained it in a way where it was just like, yeah, okay, it's not. uh, It was digestible, though. Yes, because I'm telling you, I was mouth puking when I was fucking (laughs) messaging Gene at one in the morning. Like, what the fuck is this shit, Gene? (laughs) (laughs) Back in 2014, oh she's like, oh, you got to that part? Fuck! Ooh, yeah. 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 I almost felt like it was so light that I felt like if I didn't know the books, I could have misinterpreted it. Like, oh, he really didn't. Did he really? Or did he or didn't he really yeah, but then admit he got, that he had right. a crush? Like, right as the babies were born, he got pissed. Well, he's not. He's never going to leave her side now. And I'm like, well, of course he's not, dude. Right. How yeah. did you think this is going to end up any other way? I mean... Mm, I don't know. <laughs> it was digestible, yes. like you said, mm-hmm. Angela. I mean, it was just like, okay, I can live with that. Fine. <laughs> you know, if we have to live with it, fine. <laughs> <laughs> The human DNA talk. So we're starting to get the hints. They're laying out the groundwork already. Mm-hmm. And the books, they waited till the last minute to dump yeah, that on you. Yes, like so it dumb. was like a whole info dump. And you were like, oh, wait a minute. What? Oh, this what that's why I didn't get it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of all the other stuff, all the gallo glass stuff that just happened. Right. <laughs> I, I wish we makes me not understand science, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so they're... Preparing the TV audience for the ultimate conclusion. And I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, not saying TV audiences are dumb, but they're treated like they're dumb yeah. because they don't have all the information that somebody who had read mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of pages of the book would understand. And plus, you still have the option to go back to sections for context uh-huh. and understand it better versus a TV show. You sit there for an hour and then you move on. Right. Most most people. most TV yeah. viewers. Yeah. So that's it. Not saying the dumbed down version. I'm saying that people watch TV to get the story and move on. Right. And that's the way they have to give me the highlights. Yeah. Give me the highlights. I don't need the inside, whatever the intricacies, because Deb is a very intricate writer. You don't need inside baseball team in addition. Exactly. Yeah. Timothy. So good. Oh, yeah. The guy who played him. So good. I wasn't even mad. Well, (laughs) I I was mad only because like, why did you have to kill him? Kill him. Man, <laughs> it's really kind of harsh. Yeah. But it makes yeah, the point. The end, but it also is yeah. fantastic because it, it just makes the point. Yeah. And that's the difference because, well, I don't know. Timothy might have died, but we didn't know it. So that's fine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but who was take care of puddles? Right. Right. <laughs> Miss the dog suits. I feel like they got his house down pat because that's yeah. what I pictured. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. A little bit lighter. I mean, as in more light in the house and less dark, but definitely dark, just as yeah. cluttered. Yeah. In the books, though, they connected Timothy from A Discovery of Witches to the Book of Life better with the cowboy boots, with You're the uh-huh. One, uh-huh. with, you know, a lot of, um, they didn't do that really. No, they didn't. Like, they what didn't. was the point of even showing cowboy boots in yeah. the first I, I season? I think that was just like uh, service to the book readers. So yeah. we'd be like, ah! 
sell the cowboy boot. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And he was just, wasn't his pair in this episode a, a match set of cowboy boots? Yes, they were. Yes. I was like, oh, okay, well. It's fine. But like I said, they play to the TV viewers. Yeah. TV viewers. I'm not, not mad about it. I just, yeah. An observation. It's just a little thing. Yeah. Peter, the way he is <laughs> depicted in this, um, I never imagined he had lost his shit like that no. in the books. No. I thought he was in, within full capacity skulking around. Yeah. With, uh, he was mo- more evil than crazy. Yes. Here it's like a mixture. Yeah. <laughs> He's not, his ability to calculate is impaired. Yes. 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 Hmm. I feel like now I looking back, I should have seen Peter like this when I read the books. I mm-hmm. didn't. Maybe I no. should have. Mm-mm. I okay. So after Peter was kicked off the congregation, we didn't really see him until the very end, mm-hmm. where he met his end. So yeah, we didn't really know. There were hints that Gerber was spying. Yeah, we really didn't know what the congregation was up to up until the very end. Honestly, Baldwin would storm in and we'd have no context behind it. And that's why people thought he was an asshole. We didn't even know where they met. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And then the difference between Satu, the reclusive weaver, where she didn't want anybody to know, versus this Satu, who's yelling from the rooftops and nobody's listening. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she is the picky girl. So why? I, I I don't know. I, I just don't know why they took this turn or this direction. With Maybe it made the character more interesting. Or maybe for the viewer, somebody could think, oh, maybe Satu is. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe we are wrong about Diana. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We shall see. Stay tuned. But in all seriousness, watching this episode by episode, I didn't know yeah. if they I were going to make a twist. It be a multiple, multiple slayer situation like Buffy. Right. Yeah. And they're leading it up to there's going to be this epic fight between Diana and Satu. Which isn't a bad thing, especially since we don't have Jana. Yeah, it's not a bad thing, but we feel like there's going to be this epic witch battle. That we're just waiting for. That's what it feels like we're getting set up for. So, yeah, yeah stay tuned for that. Anything else for the spoiler zone? No, Anything else I'll start you talking about future episodes of the TV show. Yeah. If we... Oh, okay. Yeah, not today. Okay. Awesome. Not today. Not today. All right, guys. Let's say goodbye. Goodbye, Bye. everybody. Bye, everybody. Demon kiss. And we'll talk to you all next week. Demons Discuss and Demons Domain are independent and not affiliated with Bad Wolf, Sky One, Sundance Now, and Shudder. Clips of the TV show and soundtrack are used for the purpose of commentary only. The soundtrack is an original score by Rob Lane and the Chamber Orchestra of London. The soundtrack is available for purchase on iTunes.